When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I unfortunately know everything about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, and I do a lot of homework for this podcast, but you know who is kind of the opposite of that? The person who's with me always, my co-host, Kristen Suttered. It me. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Do you Hi. like that I'm giving you a little bit more of a... Uh, I think so. I think it is good to know that I am the that I am an opinionated layman that I do not do any homework, <laughs> I, but I do have a lot of strong feelings. Perfect. Yeah, we want to establish up top. I feel like we've had episodes recently where people were like, "What's going on with with those people?" Yeah. What's their deal? <laughs> yeah, what's the right? dynamic? Hey, we'll kick it off right at the top. Now you tell know you what's what. And we, and of course, we have a third person here, a guest. Very excited to have her. She is a music critic, journalist. She's written for Pitchfork, Guardian, you name it. Eve Barlow. Hello. I have not done my homework, but as I said to you earlier, my entire life has been homework le- leading up to, to this, this very precise moment. moment <laughs> because Oasis, Oasis are, have been my life. Um, well, Eve, let's start off taking a step back from Oasis and talking mm. just generally about something that you may not have strong feelings about, which is the Rock and Roll Hall, of, Hall of Fame don't. in general. There have been moments in time, fleeting, mm-hmm. though they have existed, <laughs> okay. of feeling impassioned about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <gasps> what, I like really? this. I sometimes, like this. I mean, I'm curious. You know, sometimes I just get caught up. In the drama, well, yeah. as a journalist, as a music mm. journalist, uh, you probably yeah. have more. It probably comes up more often. Hard to than ignore. Usually, yeah. what it is is the announcement comes that someone is being inducted, and it's the response of, "What the flying fuck has it taken fifty years for that person or that group to be acknowledged?" Who, That's usually who. Who do you have these feelings about? I mean, almost everyone that's ever been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. it just... Because uh, it, takes, it takes a long time for most. It takes forever. And then it happens and you're kind of like, well, what now? <laughs> what does mm-hmm. that mean? 
and why. <laughs> right. And you're also obviously not American. No. The Rock and Hall of Fame is a very American institution. Guys, right. she's from Scotland. And I recognized it the minute that she started talking. I said, oh, you're from Scotland. And she was like, wow, you recognize that right off the bat. And then, you know, I did have to tell her about uh, how my time abroad. And, uh, and I then uh, I started to uh, get the noose out. Yeah, Joe. Hang Joe, it up. Joe slowly. And I was like, well, you guys talk. If one of you could just kick over the stool so I could just uh, have the sweet release from this but you know what <laughs> eve was like oh where in scotland did you it, cer- it certainly started a conversation and i was not thrilled hey you know what we could talk about scotland all day i bet i bet but uh what we've noticed is that especially with bands and artists that are inducted from britain they tend across the pond across the pond you, you might say mm. uh tend not to care tend not to really understand what the institution is no it's interesting our different cultural sort of staples that we have that we don't really understand from over yonder mm-hmm. you know yeah um, i th- guess maybe being inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame here correct me if i'm wrong is kind of like the equivalent of the Queen giving you an order of the British Empire. In wow. the I think it's very no generous. <laughs> I mean, it's extremely is... generous. If you're, if we're equating Jan Wenner as the Queen, he's of the Queen of Rock and Roll, America. <laughs> America's rock and roll queen is Jan Wenner. Jan Wenner. Maybe, mm. uh, maybe in the sense that, like, I don't fully get what that is. What that is? Exactly. What the, the, oh yeah, I mean, little medals. Right. And, you know, you get to go to Buckingham Palace for the day and the queen just, you know, nods. It's not, she, it's not knighting, though. It's, she's not knighting it's you. Well, you can get, it's a, well, the OBE, the Order of the British Empire, is a step below the knighting. Mm-hmm. Okay, is, so there is a way to, that you go and get a little pin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a hierarchy. There is I the members of the British Empire... The Order of the British Wait, the Empire. Of the British Empire? Members. members. Oh, okay, I was like, the <laughs> and then, that's, a fun, that's a fun new category. The neighbors. The neighbors of the British Empire okay, does not exist yet. But yeah. okay, so maybe members. members, order. Then there is a CBE. I'm not sure what the C stands for. And then you go into knights and dames. Do you have to go through all of the steps no. to get to the top? No, no. you can be fast tracked. But so you could go. You could be like, oh, I'm getting my order of the... Br- I'm getting my OBE. Mm. It's like a big deal. I get Fingers my little- crossed in a decade. Yeah, we can I'll get upgrade. my CBE and then maybe I'll get my ladyship or my dame mm-hmm. hood. Mm. And then my, my, PA- dame hood. my PhD. <laughs> yeah, then- yes. My PhD dame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my PhD. Uh, I, that is... I, it's also funny to me. It makes me feel sad for people who are hovering at the bottom level of mm. the little thing. And who know that's it. That that's it. Like They're that, lucky that they got in. Yeah, who are actually saving lives and shit and are yeah. like amazing doctors and professors. Mm-hmm. And, and they're and, like, well, I guess I'm just a member. Yeah, yeah but you know, Mick Jagger over here <laughs> yeah, you know doesn't even show up. Is, you know, Did he not? I think they... No, I think Mick did. Oh, okay. I was but like, I think they're, great they're has, they not knighted him in absentia. Right. No, but there have been... There have been staggering uh, uh, lack of acknowledgement from some people who just did because they are anti-royalist. Was it like, oh, anti-royalist. So question about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the British people who, uh, (laughs) at large. The people, the bands that I know that are, because there are some British bands that were hella psyched and are very important bigwigs in the Rock Hall organization and then there are some who could give less of a shit the people I'm thinking of are like the people who don't care. Um, dire Straits. Mm-hmm. They did not come. I found out they were British. <laughs> through, yeah. through Scottish. Their, 
They're Scottish? Star Straits are definitely Scottish. Are They're they? from Glasgow. <gasps> I'm pretty sure. Okay. Are we I, allowed to say Scottish is British? No? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Figured, but, 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 yes, but to be more specifically. Yes. Because, because we're fans of Scotland. Yes. Yeah. Home, you know, homeland. Because I did live yeah. there. You know, for, I'm pretty sure uh, Mark Knopfler is, is Scottish. The Knopfler bros, are they Scottish? That sounds... Knopfler sounds yeah. like yeah. a yeah. You know. And then Def Leppard. They were like so thrilled they because they up are so, so American, right? They're, that, they're I, that's appeal. what I mean. I was you very know? surprised to learn that they were British, even though right. they have the Union Jack as like one of their main symbols. Yeah, they re- they're really upfront about <laughs> it, but you're still like, huh? Still, are like, they from Detroit? No, but it's almost like they're American. Like they're They've appropriated the British flag. It's that's how yes, it feels that's to how, me. Exactly because their name is Def Leopard. Yeah, you know that's yeah that doesn't uh, conjure up thoughts no uh the way a more british name which although i guess dire straits is kind of a british name they just feel like an american band to me too the both of those bands Mm -hmm. feel like american bands so who Mm. didn't care that was british okay so obviously radiohead did Mm -hmm. not care dire straits did not care um bowie did not care bowie did not care bowie Bowie doesn't care he didn't care about much though yeah Yeah, he didn't he didn't show he didn't show no he did not and he still i'm gonna harp on this one last time this won't be the last time but like (laughs) he still got that amazing tribute after Mm -hmm. he died Hmm. and they couldn't do one for fucking aretha franklin (laughs) and i'm still very mad about it i will every chance i get i will bring it up because Mm -hmm. i am so pissed off about it it is disrespectful no it was one of the worst moves uh god sex pistols famously uh, sent in a letter to say like we think it's a piss stain and, and you can't induct us and then they did anyway. They did it in absentia. Yeah, wow. Like, totally like how the Mormons in the I'm temple rich. just pray you in. <laughs> they baptize you in absentia. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining the queen doing like knighting someone in absentia. You know, no, you get, will be a knight. Yeah, like. well, well, I looked up Americans who have been knighted. My theory that you have to like save the lives of English people is uh, fully off because here are some of the famous Americans who have been knighted. Bill Gates. What? <laughs> <laughs> George no. Bush Sr. Excuse me? Bob Hope. What? And what? Colin Powell. Why? I don't Colin know. Colin Powell? It's that's, a strange Is that the full list? Four. That'd be crazy. It includes the following. And maybe this, I mean, I'm on Quora.com, okay, which is one of those weird Quora. sites. Yeah. But like those are the four that they, uh, it seems like a random assortment. Very random. And I don't think any of those people have spent a great deal of time in the UK. Yeah. I thought maybe, you know, if you've lived in Britain right, for yeah. like 20 years. Exactly. Or just, you know, you did a year there, but it was really impactful to you, you know, yeah. and like you just kind of talk about it a lot and maybe it like oh, changed God. you as a person because you're like a young oh, no. woman. All right. Just, I don't know, gotta as find, an idea, as an find. option. I could still get uh, my, uh, my PhD. Uh, That'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, hold on. George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan were made honorary knights of the Grand Cross of the Order of the Bath. What the, Which honors the senior military leaders and government officials. Yeah, that sounds like a load of BS to me. <laughs> yeah. There was six words that is, before Order that of the That is bath. called honorary. spin. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's called. In 2002, Mayor Rudy Giuliani was named an honorary knight commander <laughs> of the Order of the British Empire. Shut your computer. I'm so angry. <laughs> for his leadership on and after September 11th. 
And little did we know who he would become. Mm-hmm. We had an inkling. But in 2011, God. Henry Winkler was made an honorary office of the most you know excellent what? order of the British Empire. Most excellent indeed. Good for in him. In recognition of his services to children with dyslexia and special education, uh, special educational needs. Wait, so it seems like often there's a specific that's quite reason. Nice. That's and nice. That is nice. Yeah. I also think it's because he's Fonzie, baby. Yeah, it's because yeah. he's the Fonz. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. There does have to be a very special reason if you're not just, you know, contributing to the services of pulp. Or I'm sure rock. this is right, yeah. this is this is not an original thought. I accept and acknowledge that, but it's the go. first time I'm having it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's Which strap is in. Like, does the queen wear sweatpants? Like does she, <laughs> like what does she watch TV? Does she like chill out with a I, bowl of popcorn? Oh, yeah. I mean there are there are royally approved you know, in the UK, there is royal insignia on products that are approved by the Queen because mm-hmm. she likes them. What? So if you buy, I'm pretty sure, please do not quote me on this just in case well, these we're, specific we're, products are wrong. We're recording but, it, so it's well, going I know, into the record. I know, but I just mean, you know, know. out there Acknowledging in the world. That, yeah. Yes. She, um, I'm pretty sure that if you buy a tin of Heinz baked beans in the UK, it has a royal insignia on it because the Queen fucks with Heinz beans what yeah it's really funny so <laughs> I'm trying to imagine her with beans oh you but beans can't. beans is an extremely British thing beans, like, oh I know I mean I, I know about the bean tin uh, believe me I, Elizabeth II definitely beans on toast bitch beans oh for yeah. sure beans on toast bangers she's got it all she's having a full english I guess I guess I was just thinking I was just trying to imagine the queen like sitting on a couch in her knot Eating Dress. eating beans out yeah. of the can, like eating beans. I'm out sure of the she can. has her casual get up, right? I just wonder. I if don't it's know, ever like that. Has it ever casual. been documented? Mm, I don't know if she's like a juicy couture person, yeah. you know. But oh, I would love that I'm if sure it just said some... thick on her butt. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure she has some like velour pants I'm situation. Sure she probably does. They're probably like very high end, nice, very luxe casual. Yeah, yeah. some oh, modal sure. cotton. I mean, she will. needs something to take the corgis out. You know, she can't that's, but go I, that's out what I mean. doing the corgis. But walks. if she's out, she has to be present as the queen sure. is she not yeah sure i just that's too much pressure and i don't like it I, well you know what maybe <laughs> let's make sure you're never the queen okay <laughs> i don't know i heard i'm on my route to being a dame though considering how the time i spent abroad was very impactful oh, they're gonna acknowledge that and make you a special order of the uh <laughs> the bath the, uh, yeah. of the bath uh special unit victims yeah. most excellent yeah. <laughs> the most excellent special unit victims of the order of the bath <laughs> all right eve let's talk about oasis okay um so why you've, you've kind of uh hinted to it already but why would do you want to talk about oasis why did you bring them into the class today to talk about well it's not so much my navel gazing at my own life and how how much oasis has informed a part of that but more so that if, you know, if I'm going to talk about bands that have not been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I have to, I have to represent my country, right? I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, of um, course. If you didn't, uh, the people would revolt. Exactly. So I have to <laughs> Traitor, rep my people. Yell. And to be entirely frank, I just, they are the first band I would think of that are underappreciated by america i mm-hmm. think for good reason there is a lot lost in translation here you know 
and it's fine and I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm going to help. Yes, no, this I'm is... I'm going to help <laughs> to get us here to this point of appreciation. This is a recovery mission. Yes, this absolutely. This is I'm here for you, Liam and Noel. Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> they're big listeners. They, they love are, our show. They're, they're mm-hmm. checking in. That's the one thing they do together still. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing. Um, I, I think that the the impact that Oasis had at the point in time that they existed has never really been repeated since in the UK. Um, I mean, the closest might be Arctic Monkeys, but I don't... It, in it's terms of like level. the level yeah, across no, yeah. pop culture, fashion, politics, um, they were the voice of disenchanted youth um the working classes and mid-90s they're like the gen x kind of beatles i mean they're kind of (laughs) i mean i mean i don't really want to make the comparison with nirvana because musically they're catalog is very different (laughs) for sure and And oasis some say some might say uh sorry i I couldn't not it was right there uh but that their their britain britpop in general was a kind of response to the popularity of grunge Mm, for sure and also did not start with oasis Mm -hmm. so i also think that that's very interesting how you had these bands such as you know suede or as they are irritatingly known in the u.s the london suede have you seen this this is something that the london suede appears on spotify that is how you have to search for them if you want to listen to them here i don't know if it's the same thing for if you're on a uk spotify account i fucking pray to god not but yeah there's some there's some weird things like that i mean i I immediately think the beat and the english beat yes that also really annoys me wait what so the you know the band the english beat Uh, yes they sing one of my absolute favorite songs In England, they're just the beat. They are just the beat. Wait, really? That is their name. Their name is the beat. I learned that in this moment. Yeah. yeah. Hearing their, their name the is the beat. Hit me. And, and for wow. some reason, here, everyone calls them the English beat. I have yeah. only heard of them called the English beat. Right. And I have spent time abroad. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And then another one that's that's weirder that I don't fully understand is Yazoo. Oh, yeah. Is known in America as Yaz. Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wait, they're called Yazoo. Honestly, Yaz, Yaz is better. Yaz is better. That that one I can't. That yeah. one I'm like, yeah, Yaz. Yaz, Yaz queen. Yaz <laughs> queen. Yaz is better. Don't mess around. You bring me down. We were talking about the uh, Britpop, and and we got off on this tangent because you, you brought up Suede, but we we're talking about yes. other bands. I mean, Oasis, Oasis, and Blur are kind of like the top two Britpop Brit bands. But they ambushed the idea of Britpop that had already been underway with bands like Suede and Pulp. It was like mm-hmm. simmering, um, and then they just boiled. That and Elastica, shit. oh, which yes. is crucial. Elastica, that's right, they're British. We Elastica talk- is crucial because we cannot forget the probable impact that Justine Frischman had upon Damon Albarn when they were in a blissfully loving They were a thing? Oh, they were a huge... That's oh my like a Britpop You need to go on Google Image and just, and just lose half a day. How long were they together? Were they together for a long time? 
I don't think they were together for a terribly but I think they were together for a decent amount of time considering in the late 90s right I feel like okay but okay. considering considering you know everything that was happening around they had a pretty good shot at it and there are I mean no distance left to run is allegedly about the end the dissolution of that relationship a lot of the heartbreak blur songs are about Justine Justine mm-hmm. well I um, love how she's saying. Like, I, I love, you know, I love, well, because I love a like a riot girl type sound. I love a Kathleen Hanna. Right. You know, and she really kind of continued that as yeah. far as like her tone of voice. We don't mm-hmm. get that as much anymore. And honestly, it's time for a comeback, everybody. <laughs> Lead the go. charge. You I, do it. I should. <laughs> Come <laughs> so, on. Uh, Justine Frischman. Used to just. Really Appar- gassed me up about how good my Kathleen Hanna impression was. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Justine Frischman lives in like Boulder, Colorado, and teaches at a hippie university up there or something. Meanwhile, which is Kathleen Hanna lives incredible. in Pasadena. She lives in Pasadena, just down the road. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, uh, good for her. I Adam guess Horvitz. good for Justine. She got out of there. She was like, you know what? Oh, she she checked out. Huh. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you heard Oasis? Not specifically the very first time, but it mm-hmm. just feels like it was always in the ether for me in my youth. I mean, I was born in 86, so, you know, reasonably, I probably wouldn't have he- have heard an Oasis song until I was maybe eight years old. But I mm-hmm. can't remember not hearing an Oasis song. Sure. I can't remember a time <laughs> when I didn't know of Oasis, even though... You know, maybe it was maybe I was just the the born tastemaker who knew about them before anybody <laughs> yeah, else did. Right. Like, uh, yes, but I don't remember. I really just their their impact was so gargantuan that it's very difficult to think of nineties Britain without associating it with Britpop and everything that came along with that scene because it integrated into everything it was on you know magazine television shows and and in glossies and on the papers like every day it was in the papers and yeah they were such a part of like tabloid culture in particular in the uk totally especially because they were always doing wild stuff yes they were were always dating it girls and like the, the models in london and you know the whole there was there were always beefs between the different bands and magazines like Melody Maker and The Enemy loved that shit. They lived mm-hmm. for that. I mean, one of the most famous Enemy covers of all time was the Blur Oasis chart battle cover in 1995 when Oasis were releasing Roll With It and Blur were releasing Country House and both of them were lead singles off new records mm-hmm. and they were vying for the number one spot and. I know that I'm here to talk about Oasis, but Blur were actually my favorite. My favorite of the two bands. I was a Blur <gasps> person, but we I can't do Blur because you've already We've had done Blur. Blur. And you didn't call me, so thank you. <laughs> um, but I am more than happy to talk about Oasis. However, um, yeah, at that time, Enemy was able to own that story in a way and and make it. They like make created it the cultural the, moment yeah, that it was. They created the mm-hmm. moment. They like curated that. They like fed everybody the storyline. Yeah. They were like, all right, these two bands, battle of the Brit mm-hmm. pop. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And it was a it was yeah. a battle of the heavyweights uh, cover. It looked like a boxing match 
poster, the cover of the magazine. That makes total that makes total sense. Also, you said you were a blur person. They were never called like blursons, right? That's a terrible blurroo. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Blairites, yeah. maybe. No, wait, do you mean because there were Blairites in the nineties because oh, Tony, Tony Blair, Blair was the Prime Minister. Uh, but when so. you say blur, you mean the English blur, right? <laughs> right? That's how I that's how I know them. Yes. Yeah. The Colchester Essex blur. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, was there a name for Oasis fans or for Blur fans? There's not no. like a... There's wouldn't. no like stan culture back yeah. in the day. You know, you were yeah. just like... You were either down the front of an Oasis gig or you were. <laughs> <laughs> but people did identify with the... You know, you could kind of... I guess you could pick out a Blur or Oasis fan according to what they may have been wearing. You what know? would a Blur fan... What would a Blurson wear? <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm starting it. Oh, I well, feel like yeah. a blurson. Oh, she she did not like doing that. You can see it, can see it in her eyes. Bad. It's a bad. Uh, a blurson would probably be wearing like some trim trap, like Adidas, you know, shoes. Adidas. With them, um, with a polo shirt. Well, yeah, because I mean, they would be more... more of the artsy because they met at arts college in London. Uh-huh. Oasis was very working class, yeah, and then Blur was sure. more like this... middle class, right? Yeah, oh, this yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, this is the key distinction. That, that was the key distinction. There's an immediacy to what Oasis wanted to do. They are the sound of, as I said before, disenchanted youth and, and working class. They are the working class heroes of of that for that generation mm-hmm. and definitely maybe's opening lyric is um i live my life in the city and there's no easy way out you know it it was about like escaping the humdrum reality of like living on you know which i think is re- i guess in northern england in manchester of the two bands like um would be different because I am not like embroiled, even though I did spend time abroad, I'm not embroiled in the class politics <laughs> of uh, mm. the the UK. Right. And somehow. Somehow, I, you know, it just hadn't hit me yet. Also, I, this is pre, this is like pre my time mm-hmm. abroad. So, you know, maybe my opinions are different. Um, <laughs> but, but like uh, my impression of, uh, Oasis mm. is that because they were mo- how I got to know them was like they were dating models they're always getting into fights punch ups if you will um, <laughs> Ro- roustabouts so they're on the town they're party boys like oh, they're yeah. always mm-hmm. in the ma- in the magazines hooligans stuff like that so I guess I think of them it, my impression esoterically is that they were privileged party boys like brats. do you know what i mean like oh, no brats. they were the opposite exact, and and that blur is more of these like underground art school cool kids but it's very interesting that's really to interesting think about because i guess like reverse. i guess if maybe this was happening in new york that would be precisely what it would have been because like the, the strokes the were rich kids right totally. yeah. you know, i was thinking exactly that yeah. but yeah blur were absolutely the middle class purveyors and they came out really more of like a, as a punk band they were a, they were a punk pop band okay and oasis where i mean aesthetically they i guess you could call them punks and, but they yeah. were mods you know and they were inspired yeah. by lennon mccartney songwriting and very much so i think one could say yes <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, you used the word hooligans before. And I mean, that was the per- perception was that you didn't want to get on the wrong side of them, you know? And they punch you. Yeah. And, yeah one of the, and they often did and each other. And yeah. one of the, the greatest moments of my youth 
was I think the 1997 Brit Awards that famously um, Ben Elton, who is a oh British my gosh, he's like author, a, yeah, he he was the host. Oh boy! And the Spice Girls. That was the night that also Jerry 1997 wore. big year big, for British huge, music, like huge. Big, big year, huge year. Wow! And Je- that was like, the night you that got Jerry the Spice Girls. You got Oasis. Totally. You have Sir Ben Elton for some reason yeah. hosting. He's not popular over here. He wrote the the book to We Will Rock You. That I is see. correct. Um. That was the night that Jerry Hallowell famously wore a Union Jack tea towel as a dress Hell on yeah. stage yes, uh, to perform Who Do You Think You Are? And uh, they won a shit ton of awards and Mel C famously went on stage and addressed Liam and said, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. <gasps> Which was like, you know, we've all had these discussions about the now, full feminism of the spice girls and what girl power actually meant and the watering down of the politics behind now can i ask really quickly yeah she was challenging him to a fight or a fuck what's what? oh a fight a fight okay, okay. for sure great, great. i mean yeah. come I, and have I, a go if you think really you're hard enough is like it a, could be lost you know, in translation easy question. easy it's true you know what i've never even i'll be honest like i had the same question I, um, i'm glad you brought I, it up i could feel it in the air America. Mm-hmm. I can I feel really glad America. that you asked. Yeah, me no, to I knew that you were that. probably talking about a fight, but mm-hmm. uh, no, she challenged you know, him. Yes. Wait, I'm sorry, and I interrupted your thought about uh, like the girl powerness oh. of that. That well, was actually like kind of a badass for me, moment. Yeah, for yeah. me, yeah, I for was. Real. That was that was kind of like the first moment where I felt like I was seeing feminism in action. Um, you know, outside of the whole phenomenon of the now, Spice had Girls. He had Liam talked shit about the Spice Girls. I'm sure that was probably what motivated. I mean, it. probably. I mean, you'd have to imagine. Yeah. I mean, Liam talked shit about Everyone. everything they both up did. until this point. I'm sorry, both Gallagher's. He was probably shy, yeah. exactly. shy if I was um, being honest. Um, but that was part of the joy of Oasis. Was that they were? I mean, honestly, you just had to walk into a room and switch on your dictaphone and leave it for all for all anyone cared you did not have to be an astute adept journalist to get a good story out of an oasis yeah and to this day you do not i've interviewed both liam and noel and they are they i mean i remember both times walking out of the interviews thinking wow it must have been so easy to be a music journalist in the 90s like you literally just didn't need to do anything like people just wanted to talk shite like I believe Joe is going to take us I to have the, to steer yeah. us back Please steer us back To the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame And just uh, quickly acknowledge that One of the difficult things about Determining whether someone is worthy or not For this mm. institution is that music is subjective How can you of course. really make that Judgment call uh, But because I'm insane I put together a list of criteria That Ooh. I think if a band does well In these categories that they have a good shot At mm-hmm. induction in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame So we're going to take a little bit of a break and when we come back we're going to see how oasis stacks up we'll be right back the english oasis explore today's must-have trends and innovative styles at mrs b's clearance and outlet shop one-of-a-kind finds in today's must-have trends explore wall-to-wall deals furniture flooring mattresses home accents seasonal favorites and more 
Discover unique new home decor, pillows, accessories, and more. There's something perfect for your style and budget. There's new inventory every day at up to 80% off suggested retail. Discover the style and savings of Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. Uh, what do we hope they did over I the break? I hope over the break you had a lengthy discussion about Lana Del Rey's new album, uh, wherein you came to your own conclusions about it. Yeah. Uh, co- isolated from what the mainstream press wants <laughs> yeah. you to think. Okay. Let's talk about Oasis and let's go through these categories. Uh, so o- Oasis becomes eligible this year. Because this mm-hmm. is 25 years after Definitely Maybe. Oh, this is their, this is their FYE year. So, yes. This, is, they, this they, is a timely occasion. Truly. Yes. Uh, this would be a great time for me to say what I know about Oasis, which yeah, is that please. I had What's a Story Morning Glory, and I have played it front to back very, very, very many times. Uh, I grew up, they like when I was in like junior high, they were like, really getting incredibly popular as we know i lived abroad we, so that's another big thing do for me Has it come up? that's just you know part of just it's part of my mystique it's part of who i am just folded into the batter of my selfness um Ew. <laughs> i don't like that <laughs> but like uh what uh, but beyond that album i don't remember much else that happened to them do you know what i mean sure no and that's that's kind of an american experience with oasis i would say um, prior to that i don't mm. even it was like they burst onto the scene with this like new beatles feeling where i was like oh my gosh this album is so good and i like literally every song on this album like Mm -hmm. on what's the story on yeah, yeah i like Every single song on it. I don't think that there's one that I. There is no bad song on what's the story. Yeah, I would agree. I was like, I, I was like, this is so awesome to not have to skip on this CD. You know, like Mm. it was really important. Like, like that was just like a cool experience. And then I do, I cannot think of a thing that happened (laughs) after that. (laughs) I also, and I think I've said. So you don't remember the. lead single for Be Here Now, which was Do You Know What I Mean? Oh, I The do most know insane that video at that time of just Liam, like, kind of strolling around like an abandoned airfield in a big, massive parka, as per usual, and sunglasses, uh-huh. as per usual. And um, for some reason flurries of helicopters overhead and then like they can tribes of people just kind of appearing over this airfield and like a seven minute a seven minute song mostly filled with kind of like guitar feedback for a lot of it yeah no cool fabulous (laughs) fabulous lyric (laughs) in uh i ain't good looking but i'm someone's child yeah, I mean, <sighs> I think the tidbit, any t- tidbit of information that we could give our listeners if they don't fully know the Oasis story is oh, that yeah. Liam was the lead singer and frontman, but Noel was one who was writing the songs AKA and playing the, the guitar and was the creative force behind. Mm-hmm. And the so band. Liam was just kind of like the was he prettier he than was, Noel? He was, yeah, he, he was, was prettier than Noel. Yeah. He was stylish. But he was also like the fool 
firecracker. You know, he's like, the Liam one who's was mostly going to punch people. Liam yes. was the he, vibe. He was the real bad boy. Okay. Yeah. Even though they were both uh, dipshits, uh, yeah. Liam was really the one. Liam c- was the one trouble. that had the personality ticks and like the things where you're just like, well, even the fuck is that? You know, that was Liam okay. Gallagher. It, it was the, the thing that was destructive, though, I think, was also the thing that made him so appealing oh, to yeah. a lot of people as a front man. Uh, so the first category is critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. And this is a band that the critics went nuts for. Completely, insanely nuts. Yeah. Like, for two reasons, I think. One, genuine thrill and excitement of something that sounded that loud, that fast, and that, like, couldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that opposed to everything else that existed at the time. They were kind of like this perfect explosion at the time. Secondly, I think, as as critics do now also... They just saw the future in Oasis. They were like, oh my God. Like, this is going to be just, big. If we just put this on the cover of our magazine every week for the rest of time, we're going to be fine. We're all going to yeah. be okay. Right. You know? Uh-huh. So I think that it was both things. It was mm-hmm. a perception of, like, a good personal investment plus shit, I haven't felt this way about anything in all my life, you know? Was yeah. their first, their debut, What's the Story? No, no definitely maybe. Definitely maybe. Okay. Uh, and that was... I mean, uh, bands only get one shot at making their debut album, and I cannot think of a more powerful debut record than Definitely Maybe. It is crazy loud it is it was so it was produced way too loud like (laughs) way too loud but its opening sentiment is the song rock and roll star which is like liam announcing tonight i'm a rock and roll star Definitely, maybe though, did not have the songs of that record did not have the impact that What's a Story Morning Glory did in America. Yeah, in America, but in Britain, did however, break through, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like huge, and maybe it was also retroactive after What's a Story. It, but that broke. certainly, it, Americans. I mean, Wonderwall was yeah. the song that happened here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll get to that, yeah. but let's. Yeah. Uh, one of the ways you can kind of measure critical acclaim, and this ties into the next category, oh, is uh, classic <laughs> albums. I does, genuinely forgot we haven't done an episode in a while and I was like oh we're about to do this part fun uh, does the group have classic albums now we've talked about the debut definitely maybe uh, and then we've talked about the follow up what's a story morning glory mm-hmm. those are the two that are for sure in the conversation as all time classics there are probably people who would make the argument be here now which was their much anticipated follow up to morning glory which was also considered to be kind of a bloated mess like a lot of the songs are like seven minutes long i mean the thing is about be here now and critical acclaim is that i know factual stories about noel showing up at the back of a magazine office in a limo with a tray of cocaine and the demo cd inviting the editor into the limo to drive around london blown off their faces good lord playing be here now at the highest volume in the limo so that album 
was very well critically received. Uh, Initially. Initially, and has historically been panned. Right. I would argue that there are some absolutely beautiful moments on that record, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oasis-wise. But yeah, it It is pretty much the... It is pretty much the whole truth that aside from the first two albums and a couple of one-off singles, like Whatever, which is not on a record other than their Greatest Hits album. Oasis are a two-album band who unfortunately have five albums to their name <laughs> yeah there are two albums for sure with so this we we do this here on the show which is to talk about the rolling stone list of the 500 greatest albums mm. uh which is a good taking a temperature of what the american uh press and what americans think in terms of what is a classic album do you guys think oasis has any albums on this list i believe they have at least one okay I sound like I'm bidding on a show. Joe, I believe they have at least one. I think I believe I have at least one number correct, Joe. I fear that the answer is zero. Okay. Oh. So, so Eve's, Eve's locking but in also, with zero. Well, here's the thing. Eve, you're a critic. So you're like, you're on the pulse as far as the critic is concerned. But I just know how important What's the Story Morning Glory was to me. So maybe I'm mm-hmm. being personal about it, but I think it's on there. Okay. You're saying What's the Story Morning Glory is on there. You are correct. Hell yeah. What's the I'm story? So Morning Phew. Glory is on the list. Now, here's the other thing. There I are 500 think. albums on that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually the... pleasantly surprised. Yeah. The other thing. Well, you should. There are some real surprises on the list. <laughs> yeah. I'll say all, that. All over the place. I think that it could be in the top 100. And I think Ooh. it could be like 85. I believe it is between 85 and 124. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. That's just where I'm feeling. No, you're it. you're 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 catching some sort of vibe <laughs> it's here. It's crazy. I could be really wrong. Oasis. What's the story? Morning Glory comes in out of five hundred, three hundred and seventy-eight. Oh, not great for them. No. I thought it was going to really be up higher. Yeah, Taylor. I don't know why you thought that. It was such a big I album. Am, I am the inclusion alone. The inclusion alone has really blown my mind. Well, I'm just trying to think of who it's I... It's given me more faith in America. I'm kind of glad I live here now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, those, those are like the two classic albums. I, uh, there's a world where it definitely maybe could have shown up on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously all the lists from like NME. It's like did you say? 378. I yeah. mean, any list of NMEs would 1,000% put definitely maybe above What's the Story. And, and, and they're oh. both because in like the top 10. Like I've seen their lists before. Right. Like they're very uh, into One Oasis. of them I may have even edited, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then this... Uh, They're in the corridor of fame, for c- sure. ...connects to the next category a little bit, which is iconic, recognizable songs. Now, answering this question is different from an American perspective versus a, a not. But, I mean, the one huge iconic song, especially here, is Wonderwall. Because maybe
it's to the point where it almost has like stairway to heaven status where like if a guy's playing it on a guitar it's annoying like it's right. a cliche yeah. yeah i used to I, it's so easy uh, to i don't play. tweet very yeah. often but one of the tweets that i <laughs> that i did that like thrown six out there? years ago i put it into the ether and it didn't get picked up or anything but you know, it got a, a good amount of likes for me, mm-hmm. uh, which was at any given time in the world, someone is playing, uh, Wonderwall is playing in a youth hostel. Like, mm-hmm. there is, there's no, oh, sure. you cannot walk into a youth hostel and not hear Wonderwall. Hear Wonderwall yeah. It's happening in, it's happening in the youth hostel bar. It's happening in the youth hostel lounge. It's happening in the youth <laughs> hostel dorm room. It is happening in a youth hostel right now. Someone is playing it live. They're playing it karaoke. They're playing it just over the sound system. Mm -hmm. It's being heard. It is being heard. Uh, And then the next slot is Champagne Supernova. I would say more so than any other band ever in the UK, Oasis's songs are replacements for National Anthem. Like, maybe even more than the Beatles, honestly. I mean, aside from, like, Hey Jude. Hey Jude yeah. But yeah, Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova probably are the top two, but I just feel like... Right, and that's coming from if a... If I'm pers- in a yeah. club or in a pub or, like, whatever, in, like, Manchester or London or Glasgow or whatever, yeah, it's gonna be cigarettes and alcohol. Um, live forever. This is kind of like evaluating, even if you're not an Oasis fan and you're just someone hanging out, what are the, right. do you already know songs from this band? And if you're an American, you don't really know the songs that you just Absolutely. said. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I remember when I was a teenager and I was obsessed with the OC. There was some like whiny band, whiny American <laughs> band that covered Champagne Supernova. I believe and it. And I feel like that scene was also the scene where they decided to appropriate the Kirsten Dunst, Tobey Maguire, Upside, Upside Down, Down Kiss, Spider-Man kiss moment oh, yeah. in Spider-Man. Interesting. A classic so they TV have moment this, like, <laughs> that crazy, none of us can forget. <laughs> crazy, whiny, like emo core version of yeah. Champagne Supernova playing. How many special people change? How many lives you live is strange. Where were you while we were getting high? Yeah. America knows Champagne Supernova. It yeah. knows and, Wonderwall. And then the next one, there's maybe a little bit of a drop, but don't look back in anger. I mean, it's a, it is, objectively speaking... An incredible piece of music. It's great. It's a great song. Well, the thing I think that's very interesting about their songwriting is like you keep talking about how they're like so loud and on the scene. Oh, yeah. I think of them as writing these really tight and tidy pop songs. Mm-hmm. Because, well, especially because <laughs> Morning Glory yeah. is a more ballady album. Oh, that's what, yes. I, I'm referring to Definitely Maybe when yeah. I talk about that because Definitely Maybe was just insanely, it's In just face. a really horribly loud album, but <laughs> wonderful songs. But it is you know it's supposed to be loud because it's supposed to wake people the fuck up and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be played in pubs need a little time to you wake know? up need wake a little up. time to wake <laughs> up wake up what's the story uh, and then I would say uh, some might say some might say we will find a 
So basically, it's all of what's it's the story. It's a lot of it's what's all, the story. Yeah. I mean, the but song "She's Electric" was actually really. The, I lo- well, no, just to me, I like that. Song. Do you? I don't think that it that's was like very a skip. So- sometimes I think that's a skip song. That yeah. I always is. say, "She's Electric" is the one skip song. Not for on me, what's the story. baby. I would skip back to hear it again. <laughs> I mean, that I think that song maybe more than anything else is the most Beatles ripoff. That's very Beatlesy. I mean, it is while my guitar gently weeps. I mean, they are total magpies, Noel mm-hmm. and Liam, when yeah. it comes to stealing Lennon McCartney. Yeah. You know? Don't Look Back in Anger is such a great song, too. It I'm is. glad that we just reminded me that... And then the, the two tracks from Be Here Now that I think Americans might know, All Around the World... And not just because I lived abroad. And, and also, not because it was an AT&T commercial. And <laughs> horrible music video, by the way. Horrible. It seems like that era, the Be Here Now era, did, did not have... Did they have any good music there videos? There was an I absolutely... The, their best video, one of the my favorite things on the internet, which you should search for on YouTube later if you have the time, is Noel, Noel's commentary over a all of their videos like their entire videography <laughs> he does like a director's he does a, commentary he does a commentary over all of them and oh. it is it is a you will weep for hours does in he, pain does he hate them laughing or does he hate them or love hates them? he's hates critical of everything. like everything not just everything but everything like he's done too like you ask him about morning glory he'll just be like yeah i don't really like that album yeah oh, wait what will he be like Joe? Like, I, don't, I don't really like that album <laughs> <laughs> It's not really for me. Next category is commercial success. Now, obviously, especially, I mean, when they broke out, obviously in the UK, but also in the States, What's the Story Morning Glory was five times platinum. Definitely maybe was platinum. Uh, Be Here Now was platinum. I mean, they had the infamous Nebworth concerts. Which was in the a quarter UK. million people. What does people. that mean? So you know? Nebworth House was an outdoor venue. I mean, it's only really known in the context of these Oasis gigs, which were bigger than life itself. It, it was, was at the peak of their powers. Allegedly, two and a half million people applied for tickets, and they played <laughs> They played for two nights to a total of about a quarter to maybe a third of a million people. Yeah. What? And... And it was all downhill from there. I mean, like and, they, and everyone, you know, and it, it, analysts of the era say that it's what killed Britpop and it's what killed indie music essentially in the UK because they just be, it pop ate itself. They just became yeah. You can't. That's too big. As no one big should of a, have. Yeah. No one man should have all that power. So, mm-hmm. uh, philosopher once said, <laughs> yeah. "Yes, correct." Uh, so the next category, of something that ate itself. You know what I mean? Next category <laughs> is longevity. Now, this is not a great category for them because I think they're, you know, Imperial they're a two, phase. They're two-album band with five, five albums. Yeah, uh, I mean... Someone once however, said. here we are, mm-hmm. 25 years later. I wonder if the movie Supersonic has perhaps changed things on this front. With the documentary? Mm-hmm. Yes. Where is because that? Because it really has... I was, I was I downloaded it, but I couldn't find it and also it was not it was a thing i had to look up like is there an oasis documentary oh really and then yeah that over here no one's really yeah I've never, it was I a very big success in the uk but mm-hmm. then it would have been yeah because you put oasis on anything there currently and it will still 
sell out. Yeah. They are so important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this category is more about how long were they able to maintain being mm. on top of the world, which is, you know, not super long. I mean, they those burned bright as hell. And then, yeah, burnt out. Burnt out. Uh, they hate it. Do the brothers talk to each other? No. no. They, they, they don't do not. talk anymore? They do not no. talk. It's a real Knopfler situation. I think it's been almost 10 years. And in fact, I think the 10th anniversary of the infamous Paris show when they What's the decided Paris show? I mean it, it was like it was minutes a, before they went on right? it was minutes before they went on stage and it was just the end it was the final blowout the final fight which you know when, when I was looking this stuff up I was kind of surprised I was like oh it was 2008 when yeah. they like kind of broke what? up yeah because it, it in my mind the story is in like my oh mind, it was 2000 2000 period. yeah right right and then oh, no there have been there were several albums I mean yes there Truly. was, and I I know a lot of the music from those albums because, as we've established, I grew up in the UK. <laughs> Everything that Oasis ever did was still headline news, even when it wasn't, you know, their their peak, their wow. you know lauded era. But their their songs still went to number one. I mean, I feel in, like as did the albums, yeah, yeah, all of their albums went to number one. In the, right? in the UK, Standing on the shoulder of giants went to number one. I believe so. Yeah, they. They all did. Hindu Times. That was the name of one of their albums. How dare they? Heathen Heathen Chemistry. Heathen Chemistry. Good God, Oasis. Uh, Sorry, Hindu Times was the lead single from Heathen Chemistry. Right, yeah. Good God. But all their their studio albums went to number one. Lila was a number one single. Wild. Yeah. Okay, Um, now I have a question about the drama. mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, now... The brothers hated each other because Noel had all the talent, but Liam had all the spark. He had they all both the, the hot headed. They are both hot headed. Liam is extremely hot headed and cannot be negotiated with. So I think a lot of, I mean, it, it's kind of a he said, she said situation of them both blaming each other's egos. But for all intents and purposes, it seems as though from the dawn of time, they always clashed with each other. And then I think they were like, let's start a band. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, one of the reasons the band is what it is is because Noel kind of couldn't stand that his little brother, who had shown no interest in music, was suddenly was suddenly singing in a rock band. Noel was a roadie for In Spiral Carpet. That's right. Yeah. And so he and he was before he saw what his brother was doing. Pretty British bands. Like maybe not a more British name for a band than in, in Spiral Carpets. What does that mean? A psychedelic rock band called In Spiral Carpets. I mean, I imagine. Why is it so I think of it as like a rug, like a Bohemian rug, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, I mean, <laughs> okay. who? I'm but so, so the band kind of started because Noel was like, "Wait a second, no, I'm the musician in, in the family. You're in this band. Mm-hmm. I'm joining your band, and also I'm going to write everything." Wait, Liam started Oasis without Noel, and then Noel was like. <clears throat> Yeah. Excuse yes. me? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It Whoa. wasn't called Oasis. The Rain? They were called The Rain? That sounds they right. They were called The English Rain. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, I mean, so the sibling rivalry has been there since the very beginning. My oh. my favorite story is when... Do you know about Wibbling Rivalry? Wibbling? Wibbling Rivalry. So a music journalist in the 90s called John Harris. I think it was for Enemy or Melody Maker. He interviewed Liam and Noel crazy hysterical interview but full of the tension between the two brothers and his 
I mean, this is what I mean about the job of the music journalist being so blindly easy in the <laughs> 90s when it came to these guys. They had a chart success with the with the tape from oh the interview. It was God. released on an independent record label and I it was called it. Whippling Rivalry and it was a chart success I in the UK. Of just them fighting. Yeah. Just them bickering. It. I love it well, wibbling rivalry yeah silly my love favorite it. is that uh they were scheduled to do mtv unplugged and <laughs> right before they went on liam said i have a sore throat i don't want to do it i can't sing it's chicago so, all over again. i know so then noel <laughs> had to sing the songs i bet he secretly loved it because yeah. he wanted to be liam i yeah. think uh he wanted the appeal yeah. that liam had uh, so then he sang all the songs and MTV unplugged and Liam heckled him from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Liam, yeah, just criticized his singing. And, Wait, like and heckled out loud? Him. Yeah. was like, that was shy. Yeah. Pe- and people could hear and they were like laughing and yeah. Yeah. And it's on, it's on, you can watch it. it. Did they, and they put it on MTV? I think, I'm sure they cut out a lot, but some of it's definitely on there. Like, I mean, but like they still aired yeah. their mm-hmm. MTV unplugged. Yes. Wow. Yeah. They they have all, so it's crazy. I mean, the fact that they lasted until two thousand eight, it, mm-hmm. it to me is uh, maybe a testament to yeah. something. Yeah, uh, brotherly. Well, love. I think it is very much because of the um, the demand for them in the UK, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's purely it. Yeah, the demand for them as that? characters, you know, who were never, you know, and we have to kind of take stock of the fact that. There was a lot out. There was a lot outside of Oasis that kept Oasis going. Like tabloid interest fueled their career because if you're in the tabloids, and this still stands for other artists in the mm-hmm. UK, um, and not that I'm saying anything against her music because I actually think the last album she put out was maybe her Can't best wait work. To hear who this is? But Lily Allen. Oh yeah continues to have a career and a relevance because the tabloids just will not leave her alone you know so it's like amy winehouse was in the tabloids for six years after she after she made her last record Mm -hmm. because they just do not let someone lie down you know um and i think it's the same it was the same with oasis it's just like that rampant interest lily allen was not who i thought was going to be the most because like she just doesn't matter over here at all i mean like i know she is i liked that album a lot in 2006 or whatever uh but since then no no. and i know that her brother was on game of thrones exactly (laughs) like that's what i know alfie yeah alfie who she like dragged right yeah her songs for like living in like just getting but high she's and very purge of alfie he's got yeah. an emmy nomination yeah. uh next category innovation influence mm-hmm. now i think of oasis Magpies. yeah yeah i mean as kind of you Magpies. know yeah derivative yeah. more influenced However, by others but please. when we talk about what happened after oasis in the uk mm-hmm. i mean the enemy in the 2000s talked about the indie rock revolution which mm-hmm. is their <laughs> ingenious branding for (laughs) a bunch of bands that are now happening in britain and i mean every single city in the uk had its scene you know sheffield leeds birmingham manchester london glasgow like everywhere had its band and its pockets and its clubs and its indie disco nights and a lot of that has to do with oasis because the press were just constantly looking for the next Oasis right. and ah. comparing these bands to, you know, 
I can't even think of a single interview in time that Kasabian would have done where they wouldn't have been asked about their... Oh my God, their, Kasabian. You know? Wow, there's a blast from the not-too-distant past. I mean, not so much, so much the past because Serge from Kasabian has just put out his own solo material. I can't believe that and you just said the name. Do you know who the band Kasabian is, Joe? No, I don't. Wow. They were very big. They had like a brief moment, a brief shiny moment. I mean, actually, their debut records, again, their debut record is... Actually, yeah no good. i remember i liked that this is like 2006 2007 yeah. i think lost souls All forever right. that was yeah the big single it was anyway. almost it's almost like oasis was so big they couldn't not have some sort of influence yeah they had a huge influence they woke up an entire generation of like people my age who saw them come up saw them rule the world saw them make britain cool again because co britannia was a thing in the late 90s as the Labour Party, who are, you know, for anybody listening who doesn't know about British politics, Labour are, you know, the, the more akin to party. the left Democrats mm-hmm. of the UK. The Labour Party reinvented itself in the late 90s to trounce the Tory government that had been elected repeatedly and looked to be never leaving. And they rebranded themselves New Labour and got their most um, centrist figurehead in and their most centrist and youngest figurehead which was actually a very kind of smart conjoined move to move more towards the right and yet and the, yeah but younger so mi- it's a, you know a, good a younger cover for, sort of like good cover for yeah, going yeah center, exactly yeah. cooler <laughs> cooler band. leader in tony yeah. blair who then sidled up to the rock musicians of the time and actually invited like graham and damon from blur and noel and liam from oasis oh, to Obama. 10 downing street mm. to yeah. have tea yeah, yeah. I, I mean tea maybe beers maybe some beers wow. yeah um, but it's like yeah it's like it, it like it, it it kind of when you can make the left has a we don't have to talk about like politics really sure. but like the idea of yes like that they were able to make it cool yeah to be they made the whole country seem and cool country and seem important cool again mm-hmm. and like younger and more like, yeah more in touch more with it hey the world is looking at us right now like, totally that's and very everyone cool. who grew up at that at that time you know thought thought that it was completely within their grasp to be an important oh my gosh rock band hope in the yeah, UK, you know, totally yeah. for upward mobility. So much hope, <laughs> and particularly the dream was alive in the UK, particularly yeah. among the working classes yeah, because I mean, they were a working it's... class band yeah. from Manchester. You know, well, all right, last category: Does my mom know them? And she does. Oh yeah, she absolutely I... does. And that's yeah. that's a, a, a huge thing with Oasis that they were just so big that yeah. everybody knows the band Oasis. My mom knows probably because she dropped me off at their concert. Mm-hmm. But she would have <laughs> known the regardless. First poster, my dad. I mean, I didn't. I did not accept his order, but he ordered me to take off the wall because <gasps> of the hooliganism. Because oh. mm. wow. I was I was young. Mm-hmm. I was young when I had a poster of Liam and Noel on my wall, and he was like. You are not having those they hooligan brothers. <laughs> or the Spice Girls, fine. Leonardo DiCaprio, whatever. He's n- okay, fine. Yeah. Accepted. However, he is soft. these guys, no way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Rock and roll. Too yeah. Ro- yeah. Very, very, very cool. Very rock and roll. <laughs> oh, God. All right. It's time for the verdict. Should they be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And if so, when do we think it's going to happen? Kristen, we'll start with you. I think that they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think 
they will be in the Rock and mm-hmm. Roll Hall of Fame. I, the thing that kind of holds me back is the Britishness of them. The fact that they were so important in Britain and like they only had a, a minor, uh, you know, impact over here. Like the impact was felt bigger. They're like undeniable yes. to, in another yeah, country. In, in, yeah, comparison. In comparison. Like the, but they, they were still had, big here. But they were very big here. Um, but I, I don't know that they're going to be like in immediately. I, I think we're, I think it's going to take 10 years. Okay. I just cause considering that they're eligible right now, I don't think anybody's like, yes, they are Radiohead. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think they will be kind of a no brainer when they get on the ballot. Maybe depending on but who they're up against. Depending on who's voting, and I don't think any of the older voting membership. Oh, gosh, here we go, Chris, and she does know. She's a informed, lot. and it's oh, wild. It's wild. Um, but it's, I think about the. I think those old older voting members, though, is because they kind of harken back to the Beatles a little bit. I could see mm-hmm. them being appealing. And they're white, and they're men, so it's like it's looking better. Rock Hall does love them. Yeah, yeah. But at they the same type. time, they are also kind of you know they do harken back but maybe they harken back a little too much and these some of the older voters would be like i'm not voting for these beatles knockoffs like sure all right get bent so So you're saying about 10 yeah i think 10 years we're looking at eve what do you think i mean obviously i picked them so so i'm vouching for them but i do agree that it's a hard sell because i still don't feel as though america truly understands the legacy of oasis um right down to the fact of going to watch Liam's solo concerts in LA and it is entirely populated by LA's expat British community. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels very much still like a British concern and and it makes sense because it wasn't as important here. America had its own kind of like, you know, I'd say... I'm only saying like using the word punk as a as an ethos more, but yeah, the, than a the, genre, yeah, yeah, like a reactionary yeah, type of but, band. But the bands here were already established and doing the thing for for young people here. Yeah, we already had to, like Pearl Jam out there to create the, like, the counterculture. We had Oasis that. was probably like everything later. else here that is foreseen as as British and oh we like that because it's so British but it doesn't have the same cultural I- impact yeah. here um, America already had its own British band Green Day <laughs> <laughs> honestly also, I think that Green Day is more British than Def Leppard <laughs> I, I would yeah I'll sign off on that also I think there is just the massive logistical issue of uh, if you want to induct Oasis into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you cannot do it without both brothers, and they still currently are not speaking to one another. Yeah. Hey, Dire Straits. I'm just that's, saying. That's like, that's a very good call because, uh, and I found an interview with Noel where they ask him directly, where they say you're eligible next year. Uh, what do you think about that? And he he was more or less like, it's not happening. There's a thing. I mean, if do you Glastonbury, think that was just him being Nile, Glastonbury cannot make it happen. It has been rumored as a Glastonbury headline slot for so many years particularly because uh what's the story had a massive anniversary 20 years uh, probably yeah the 20 20 year anniversary in 2015 i imagine um yay mathematics (laughs) um and they say maths Um, maths we say math right and there's been efforts to get them back together i feel like there have been efforts that mean more to the band than the rock and roll hall of fame yeah yeah for sure i mean oasis like i would hazard a guess and especially having spoken to the two main members of oasis about this i don't think 
they are i'm not saying that they're not fond of america but i don't think either of them feel as though they have to thank america for much because they probably both in their egomaniacal you know entitled ways feel as though they were never recognized here to the extent that they should have been so they're probably chip on their shoulder a little bit yeah they're probably not going to get it together for america yeah, and that could I think that could potentially keep the nominating committee from being super eager to put them in. Mm. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of acts who act like they're not interested and as soon as they're inducted, it fl- it flips a switch and suddenly they're they're very gung-ho. I don't see that happening necessarily with Oasis. Yeah. But I do think they should be in. And I think they will get in. There is a world where they're on the ballot this year. I can see that for some reason. I don't know, just especially because they are, su- they feel, it feels like they're a snub even though they're just eligible now. It's Do you know what I mean? It's because their whole ethos is being snubbed, is thinking yeah, that they are, and, have somehow been snubbed or wronged or it's like, you know, it's the way that they're, it's their and vibe. And because they were a band that was, feels like they're from 25 years ago. Whereas a band like Radiohead, you're like, oh, are they even eligible? Like they yeah. still feel like a current thing. Uh, I think they'll get in, and I think it's going to be closer to five years. For whatever reason, I just think they were just were so massive. And also, there are more and more British voters as we get more and more as British bands inducted. As the zombies are each inducted. Yeah. As, like, yeah. as the Cure, as 10 yeah. members of the Cure, as Radiohead, you know, as Roxy Music. Uh, so that's, How, that's did they have, okay so I know the next thing I cannot see Radiohead voting for Oasis personally <laughs> yeah it's well I can't tell. see them filling out a ballot they're not all. filling out they're ballots not, it's not happening maybe Ed and Phil but um, now I know we're about to talk about members so yeah. did they ever have like what members would be inducted if they were um what uh, it's a little messy did they have oh it's messy huh Oasis messy can you believe it um but because, I mean, we are so focused on the brothers, mm. the brothers Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, did they also have, were they just constantly, you know, blowing know. up so drummers? Like what happened? No, no, Bonehead. So, I mean, Bonehead is a legend. Bonehead, Bonehead? was their yep. Bonehead. <laughs> rhythm guitar player from the beginning. Bonehead put- is still, he is on Twitter every day. He At is Bonehead. flying the Oasis flag, <laughs> Paul. Yep. Bonus. Yeah, and then and what's then, his then, name? Uh, Paul. Paul Arthur's. Yeah, Paul okay. Arthur's. There you go. And his he's always been Bonehead. They call Bone- him Bonehead. Bonehead. Yeah. Yeah. Since and then, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Gwigzy. Gwigzy. Uh, We've got Gwigzy. So they? those are those are yeah. founding members who are with them through Be Here Now. Yes. Uh, so absolutely, they are included. Okay. Uh, and then I say you throw in the original drummer, even though he was just there for Definitely Maybe. Yeah. Because he was there for that original album, he's a founding member, Tony McCarroll. Yeah. You who, throw like, him in there. Famously, I mean, they did not. He like has him. he has a lot of spunk. That guy. He really like tried to come for them, and I mean, I don't know how anyone would have those balls, to be honest. But oh. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the drummer who replace them stayed for a long time alan white yeah uh so So you induct him as well i don't think you induct jim archer or andy bell no just because they joined in andy bell however i don't know i think you can make an argument you could make an argument you could actually make a you could make an argument for jim too to be honest i mean they were with them until the end but they they also joined in 99 so like they also put them all in created bdi with liam 
What's BDI? BDI was Liam's band because Liam didn't want to just be Liam Gallagher. Big mm-hmm. Dick Inclusion. So what is, what's BDI? BDI. What's they did two records. Um, Liam was the front man, and it was basically the the wait, remaining it, members the, wait, it, of oh, Oasis. BD, BD, BDI. Oh, like BDI, not the letters BDI. No, BDI. Oh, BD, like gosh. a BDI. Yeah, that's um, very funny. I was like, well, but what does BDI stand for? Yeah. Jeez. Whereas now Liam BDI. is. Just just happy to stand behind his own name and Noel is obviously Noel Gallagher and the okay. high flying and his high flying birds. Right. And his high flying birds. Yes. That's that band. is Noel's band's name. Um, if nice Alan name. White is inducted, he'd be the second drummer named Alan White in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. fun fact. Because the drummer for Yes was named Alan White as well. And not the drummer for Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's say Oasis gets inducted. Who inducts them? Ooh. Chris Martin seems like... Uh, a decent choice yeah, yeah and also Noel and Chris like each other and Liam has retracted the comment he <laughs> once made that Chris Martin had all the charm of a geography teacher or Very something funny. yeah something like funny. that yeah uh, I think if you go the opposite direction Pete Townsend makes sense I mean sense. Paul McCartney does he has he been vocal about support for yes. them yes Paul and Noel have done charity things together, okay. I feel. Um, and that would be a get. That would yeah, be Pete a Townsend get. makes a lot of sense, particularly given Liam and The Who are tight and are going yeah. to be touring in they're playing three Hollywood Bowls. You know Wait, who Liam else? Liam and The Who are touring together? He's opening. Yeah. He's okay. opening for um, The Lars Ulrich really likes Oasis. He does. Which Lars is, likes them. And he's he inducted Deep Purple, mm-hmm. so he is, you know, friendly with all. Um, what about, about Dave Grohl? I mean, I, Dave can always do... Dave is always available. Yes. Dave, uh, Dave is, is always available, but also I feel like Dave Dave is an Oasis fan. He's trying to... He's one of the people out there trying to reunite them. He's he's He said that at a concert not long <sighs> yeah. ago where he was like, that's what... Like, we need to... We need to get away. We're trying. Dave Grohl is like music's good guy. It's very weird. <laughs> he like, is. He really and also. Is. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> I don't I don't like it. You know what I mean? I, I get it. Dave I don't think is it's the guy, bad, but I just don't like it. Dave's never going to say no to anything. Yeah. He will mm-hmm. always be up for it. He really is. He's just, he's, he's music's golden retriever. And I really, yeah. it's like very sweet, good for him. But, you know, have a little edge for fuck's sake. You're a rock musician. Um, also, uh. Quick question: When Liam or the High Flying Birds and Noel are are touring, are they playing Oasis songs? Yes, usually always. Tor- they yeah, both are although always, Oasis like song? Noel will play them towards the end. Like, yeah, uh, Noel, Noel. Well, Noel's solo material is actually pretty good. Of course it is. He's a good songwriter. <laughs> it's quite good. It's quite. It's quite good. Fucking Morning um, is a Liam's great album. He wrote the whole thing. Liam has a couple of songs that will come on, and you'll be like, you know what? All right. It's okay. <laughs> this one is actually not that bad. Um, but they are also playing Oasis But tunes. Liam plays sure. a lot of Oasis tunes because Liam love Liam is in his element when he is receiving his audience and he needs to play he knows what he has to do yeah Liam he's is a man give them the give them what they want give them the hit you see honey. the thing is is like no can be pissed off all he wants his little brother like kind of came in the back door but liam knows what the job of a rock star and a front man is yeah and it's to give the people what they want mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he and he is that. happy to do that yeah whereas so, noel's over here being all disgruntled and mood moody well thinking about the songs that they like to play let's say Oasis oh, yeah. reunites for mm-hmm. the Rock exactly, and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. What is their set? 
Usually they play four songs. Yeah. I would think they would play Wonderwall. Obvi. They would kind of have to play Wonderwall because they would have to they would have to ad- adhere to the reason why America knows about them in the first uh-huh. place. And I'm sure HBO would be pushing that yes. yeah. internally. They would have to play Champagne Supernova so. and they would yeah. do so willingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they would get one one song for from definitely maybe maybe rock and roll star maybe it rock just, and roll star oh, i mean yeah. liam always opens his shows with rock and roll star he they opened their career with it it, 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 it feels it, like it, it has to be works. that's a good that's good narratively and I, then i'm i'm gonna throw in like a cast no shadow know what that song <laughs> is about no is it, it is about, about richard Jesus. ashcroft okay. from oh, the verve wait oh really mm-hmm. Ooh. why yeah. it's just a song about him it's what about, about him he's god <gasps> oh wow mm. oh yeah mm. wow the verve the verve they got the they get publishing again they get uh, <laughs> the rolling stones took 100 percent of Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, God, yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. They got, they got at least some of it back recently. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, good that's good. That, was, that was really that's rude. That's so rude. That is and really also, rude. That song kicks ass. That song yeah, is incredible. phenomenal. It's a truly kick ass. That, put that in the singles category. That song kicks ass. Uh, okay. So, uh, let's say Oasis... Re- uh, if Oasis reunites for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, tickets will be impossible yeah, to get. Yeah, that's it. But would you go? To the induction ceremony of Oasis Reunited? If it was the first time they were reuniting? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Have you ever been to a Rock Hall ceremony? Of course no. not. No. I'm just, I, That's nice to ask, but I can Well, tell. I just, because no. you're a music journalist, you know, but sometimes I've been to one. I think I was invited once and I didn't go. Oh, yeah? Obviously. Okay. Interesting. Um, I didn't well, if go. you ever want to slide us your credentials, we are happy to. I mean, <laughs> here's how I feel. Oasis gets inducted, even if they don't reunite. You're coming with us. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Sound good? I'm yeah. coming. Yeah. Uh, Eve, thank you so much for doing the show. Yeah. Thank you guys. I really, really appreciate you, you making the time for us. This was very uh, fun. Where can people find you online? Uh, and anything you want to plug? Anything you've got uh, out there? Where can people find me online? I, I mean, my byline is generally about, in many places, uh, Pitchfork, uh, GQ, LA Times, Q magazine if you buy printed magazines oh. Ooh, Point, you know hey, we have uh, I am a contributing editor for Q magazine cool. which is a London based mm-hmm. monthly uh, a legendary mag big fans of Oasis <laughs> um, and I I will not give you my Twitter byline because I love to deactivate my Twitter okay. account ah. Fair but I am on Instagram and I am just Eve Barlow all one word so Great. you know if awesome. you want to peruse my work you'll find it there give Very her a good. follow and you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at rockhallpod rockhallpod at gmail.com is the email if you want Kristen to see it you're going to have to indicate that that is true subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts rate and review us five stars only if you're leaving a review because of this episode you should say Wi- uh, wibbling. Oh yeah, wib- use the wibbling. word wibbling. Use wibbling, wibbling somewhere. Rival, rival, rival. Just say wibbling. Yeah. Some some wibbling in there, and we'll yeah. know it's from this episode. Yes. Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusuke Kim for the music. Thank you to Joey Divine for the equipment. Thank you to Chad Briggs and Dave Schilling for letting us record at the home that I share with them. Thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. Thank you again, Eve. I'm Joe Pozzola. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares about the Rock Hall? Bye. Symphony that's loud
Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits, perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.